fond memory from back when I was in youth ministry, but it was very different back in the 70s when I was a youth, because my memory of this song is of a youth trip up North Georgia mountains and about eight kids in the back of a pickup truck going down, driving down a windy mountain road, singing a song as loud as we could called Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You couldn't have, that would no. be, that, that just violates <laughs> so many problems in these days, but it's still such a fond memory. Welcome to Apologetic Simplified, a podcast about Christianity, theology, and culture. Hit subscribe to be notified of each new episode. And now, here's your hosts, Leah Chapman and Andrew Foster. Welcome to another episode of Apologetic Simplified. We are so glad you're able to tune in and listen to us talk about things. We have another exciting episode planned, real uh, action-packed and exciting. And we're even talking about Star Wars. <laughs> That's right. And we have a special guest host today, someone that you may have heard before. It's our father, Greg Foster. Welcome. Uh, glad to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to your episode. Not to mention your house. Yes. Yes. He is uh, <laughs> up here in Virginia visiting me for the week. Uh, kind of putting him to work, too. Got him. Playing guitar for worship team this Sunday. He's doing a trunk for a trunk or treat. Uh, at the time we're recording this, it is the last uh, week in October. So. And he also had me cut the grass yesterday and change the roll in the truck. That's right. All right. Uh, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about the names of God. Um, today, we're going to learn uh, where some of these names come from, what it tells us about God, how this name can help us grow in our own relationship with God. And we've each picked out a name or two that we find particularly meaningful uh, to us personally. And so we are going to be talking through the names of God from both the Old Testament and the New Testament, but mostly Old Testament. We're going to use every single name of God in the Bible. So buckle up. This is going to be a long one. <laughs> People are like, okay, let's find a new podcast. Uh, so we're going to be talking about these five names, Elohim, El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh. And then lastly, we'll even talk about what the name Jesus means. So before we start talking about these biblical names, uh, we're going to get started with a name that I'm sure you're familiar with, but is definitely not in the Bible. Um, have you heard of a small character in a, a little franchise called Darth Vader? Uh, I'm sure you have. Darth have you heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Darth Vader literally means dark father. Um, I believe that comes from both a Dutch uh, and German um, translation. Uh, so it literally means dark father. Now, now Andrew and I had a little bit of an argument <laughs> before we recorded whether this was intentional or not, whether this was the original intention for this character or not for the Star Wars universe. This name indeed proved to be prophetic for the character in Star Wars who did indeed turn out to be a very dark father. These names of God that we're going to talk about um, also are going to tell us something about who God is and what we can expect from him. And though God is our good, good father, fortunately, he is not a dark father. So um, we are, uh, I think Andrew is going to get us started. So we are going to start at the very beginning. That's a very good place to start. 
going to start with the first name of God used in the Bible, which is Elohim. So Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. So it's the very first sentence in the Bible. So this name is most associated uh, with God as the creator, with how it's used there. Um, So it contains the idea of God's creative power, as well as his authority and his sovereignty. Uh, And it's like many of the Hebrew names for God, it has El in there, which is actually a word that they borrowed from the Canaanites, which is sort of your generic word for God, like our word, God. God, yeah. When we say it, we are talking about our God, the God who, you know, uh, Elohim, Yahweh, all these names we'll be talking about. That's who we are talking about. But it's also just uh, same generic word, your lowercase g God. So we have our God, and then there's like, you know, Thor and all that. <laughs> all that. But something interesting here is um, Elohim is actually a plural. And uh, one of the understandings is this could be an early uh, recognition of the Trinity, but more likely it's emphasizing the majesty of the one true God. Um, so we have all these little G gods that are just our L, and then we have Elohim, yes, the big God. God is, God is bigger than the boogeyman. Yes, and you missed his you missed his hand motions for this. It looked like a little explosion. <laughs> so it was, it was good. Yes. Uh, if only this was video. That'd be so much more work on our part. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say no, no. <laughs> yes. But yeah, most of mostly the the idea of Elohim is God as the Creator, and in that there's you know sovereignty, authority over all things, over all their little g gods, over all us peoples. Uh, God is mighty. He has that authority. Uh, But this is also another one. We've talked in the past about the image of God and us as created beings in the image of God. We also have creative potential. Like I am a musician. I create music. I create things out of wood. Uh, We, there's a lot of things that we create and that's a manner of bearing God's image and very much like this is yeah, the first name for God in the Bible. This is a very big, important thing. And it's kind of an honor that we get to have even a little glimpse of that creative potential. So then another word I want to go to is the word El Shaddai. Uh, this word was invented in 1982 by Amy Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it was not, but uh, <laughs> she did famously in 1982 record a version of Michael Card's song, uh, El Shaddai, which kind of exploded on the Christian music charts and it was a very good song. Um, what's interesting is there is some debate as to what this word means. The prevailing theories are the word Shaddai means might or uh, sufficiency. So the thoughts of that, of course, we have, there's that L again, the generic word for God, but then the word Shaddai is where it gets a little bit confusing. So the most prevailing interpretation of Shaddai is mighty. So we have El Shaddai, God Almighty. There's also the suggestion that that root means the overpower, meaning God does what he purposes. He can overpower all opposition. Uh, It's also interpreted as sufficient. 
So God is the all-sufficient one. And I love how uh, this article that I have on Bible study tools, the writer says, either interpretation, mighty or sufficient, works for me. Because the almighty God is the God who is enough. He's more than sufficient to meet any need. His power and provision and great compassion, he sustains, nourishes, and protects me. So I think these words really, these two do go together really well. Because we have Elohim, God as the creator, but, you know, there's that plurality to it. There's that bigness and he has the authority over all heaven, all earth, all created things. And also we see El Shaddai, he is mighty, he is sufficient, he is enough. That just gives us a little glimpse of who God is a lot more. So buckle up, we're going to keep going. Well, I chose the word Jehovah Jireh. And first off, thank you to you two for inviting me to be a part of this. This has been fun to just think through and uh, explore and look at different names and come up with one. But the reason I chose this one in part is because of a fond memory from back when I was in youth ministry. And we've all been involved in youth ministry in different ways. Right. But it was very different back in the 70s when I was a youth, because my memory of this song is of a youth trip up North Georgia mountains and about eight kids in the back of a pickup truck going down, driving down a windy mountain road, singing a song at full, as loud as we could, called Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Don Moen has a great version of that if he wants to listen to it. But, you know, it's, you couldn't have. No. That would be, that, that <laughs> just violates so many problems <laughs> these days. But it's still such a fond memory. That's fun. But Jehovah Jireh, the meaning is the Lord will provide. And um, this, where it comes from, it is only used one time in scripture. And it comes from a very familiar story. People learn about it in Sunday school and talk about it, you know, a lot. It's the story of where Abraham has been, Abraham and Sarah have been promised a son. And they're very, they're way advanced in their old age. It was 75 when the son was promised to him. He was 99 when Isaac was born. And, uh, you know, God fulfilled the promise. God provided. But then later on, when Isaac was a teenager, God spoke to Abraham and said, I want you to go up to uh, Mount Moriah and to uh, sacrifice Isaac. And, you know, troubling story to think about. And yeah. you know, atheists love talking, pointing to this and talking about how God is a child abuser and all this kind of stuff. Uh, we won't go into that part. But we know the story on the way up. Eventually, uh, it's just Isaac with wood on his back and Abraham carrying the flame, walking up. And Isaac asked Abraham, um, you, know, you know, we have the wood, we have the flame, but where's the sacrifice? And at that point, I'm, I'm going to read just the rest of the story from Genesis 22, verses 8 through 14. Abraham answered, meaning he answered Isaac. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horn. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide, 
or other translations say he called that place Jehovah Jireh. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. So, you know, it, it's a powerful story of how um, you know, God at the last minute provided this substitute. But this was a test, not for God's sake. God knew Abraham's heart and what Abraham would do. This was, God created this test so Abraham would know what was in his heart. Abraham knew, would know he was faithful to God to obey and that God would provide regardless of how dire the circumstances seem. So again, this was, Abraham passed the test, but it was for Abraham, not for God's. So therefore, Abraham named the place Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. Now that's interesting. That's future tense. God, the, or the Lord will provide. Now he didn't name it. I don't know what the Hebrew would be, but God did provide, named it will provide. And that's really interesting because though Abraham named the place of his own idea, I guess, God will provide because of what just happened. Perhaps God prompted him to name that place for something God knew was going to happen far into the future. You see, the story happens on Mount Moriah. Most biblical scholars have concluded that Mount Moriah is where Jerusalem was built. Originally, as a town, you know, not a religious place called Salem. Later, Jerusalem changed to Jerusalem. But the old Jerusalem was built on Mount Moriah. And, you know, why do they conclude that? There's various references elsewhere in the Bible as well as outside the Bible that's in, um, you know, non-religious literature that support that claim. But within the Bible, there's one pretty direct one. It's 2 Chronicles 3. Uh, the first part of verse 1 says, Then Solomon began to build the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah. So this means very close to where God provided a ram as a sacrifice in Isaac's place. 2,000 years later, God provided the Lamb of God, Jesus, as the ultimate sacrifice in our place to save us from our sins, from the consequences of our rebellion against God, our creator, sustainer, use your word, mm -hmm. and Lord. This is the final and full realization of the name that God is Jehovah Jireh. God is the ultimate provider. Abraham said God will provide. 2,000 years later, God provided the ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we're going to kind of keep uh, picking up on that theme that God continually provides and saves. Um, but we're actually going to move first into that name Jehovah, or I'm going to refer to it as Yahweh. It comes from that same Hebrew word. Uh, sometimes Jehovah is considered uh, a mispronunciation of the word Yahweh, but it's, I've told you before, I don't care how you pronounce these names. <laughs> it don't, don't, when you're reading the Bible, don't sit there and struggle over individual words. Like just, just keep going. It's okay. Um, but I'm going to call it Yahweh. Uh, and so we're going to learn what that word means. So Yahweh um, comes from Exodus 3.15, where God is speaking through the burning bush to Moses. Now, Moses has been through a lot. Um, he was, as a baby, he was uh, left in a river hoping that somebody would save him so he would not be slaughtered along with all of the other Hebrew boys. Uh, he was saved, and boy, he was adopted to be a prince of Egypt. That'd make a good movie. Um, and he uh, did that, but then, oh, I, 
these people, uh, I think he does. Yeah. He learns he's Hebrew and, um, starts that, that creates some conflict of identity. And then he kills somebody who works for the palace and he's like, mm, I should probably get out of here. And so he runs away and he gets married and starts over and has a whole new life and everything's going great until God decides he needs to do something with him. Moses has been through a lot. That's my summary of Moses's life so far. Um, and so God calls him to go back to Egypt, to go back to where all that conflict was, um, because God is going to use him to bring the Hebrew people, bring God's people out of slavery uh, and start the process of going to the promised land, the place that God has for them. And so we have this place, we're at the burning bush. Moses is full of doubts and he's trying to figure out how to talk God out of having him do this. And he's like, okay, sure. But what am I going to eat? Who, who even are you? Like, what am I going to say when people say, oh yeah, who sent you? And the word that God uses is Yahweh. I am. Um, there are some translations, translators who want it to be, I will be, but it comes from this Hebrew word that means to be. And that's where we get this from. So what does it mean exactly? What, what does it mean when God says, I am is my name? What an, what an odd name. But from this, we see that God, when we think about the fact that God is we see that we have a God who always is, is always present. That means he's present now. That means he's present in the future because eventually the future will become the president, um, will become the present, not the president. <laughs> yes, it is election season. <laughs> I vote for the future as the president. Right in. Oof. Oh my gosh. Um, I always see stuff that's like Yoda, Obi-Wan for president in 20 whatever. Anyway, um, the future will become the present one day. God just, he always is. Um, we could think about that in the past too. God was then, God is now, God will always be. Um, God is. And that means he's always with us. Um, and then we get these pairings of Yahweh with other words like Jaira. And we see that God provides. We see there's so many other words. I'm not going to go into all of them, but we see that God is all of these other things too. Now, what's pretty cool is that some people's names are actually um, made partially from this word Yahweh. And Jesus is one of those. Jesus is a Greek word, but the Hebrew name is Yeshua which might sound a little bit like Joshua, which is how we normally pronounce it, who was the Hebrew leader after Moses. And his name, Joshua, and then later Jesus, literally means Yahweh saved, Yeshua. Yahweh saves. Um, and Joshua was somebody who God used to save people. He used him to continue uh, the process. It was a long process because they were stubborn, but uh, to get them to the promised land, to where God wanted them to be, and in many ways to save them, um, uh, not just from the Egyptians, but in, also from their own sins that they Picked up along the way as they continually chose rebellion and fear instead of trusting in God. So then in the New Testament, we have Jesus. We have Matthew 121, where we have Joseph, who's trying to decide whether to stay with Mary because he just found out his fiance's pregnant. It was not his, but an angel appeared to him and said, no, this is God did this. Um, and you're going to stay with her and it, we're, it's going to be okay. And you're going to name him Jesus 
And this is a quote, because he will save the people from their sins, Matthew 1, 21. And so his name, Jesus, literally means Yahweh saves. And of course, we know that that's exactly what Jesus did. His purpose is literally written in his name. And Jesus is still saving. You know, we said Yahweh uh, always has been, always is, always will be. And God is always saving. He has been saving in the Old Testament. We've talked about that before. It's not a New Testament thing only. God was saving then. God is saving in the New Testament. God is still saving us now. God will continue to save, um, particularly through the person and work of Jesus who represents the fact that Yahweh saves. And to me, this is so comforting. You know, we go through all kinds of trials in life. We go through a lot of things, but the God who has always been and always will be and who always saves us is with us in each of those things. And to me, that's that's comforting. It sometimes, it, it's not going to get rid of the trials, but it's good to know that God is always with us. Now, before we wrap up, I'm going to let Andrew tell you a little bit more about his trip to El Salvador. Yes, if you've been following on social media, you may have seen that I will be going to El Salvador in December and Something uh, we need to make this trip you know, happen is money. And uh, we have a few uh, group fundraisers we've done. The first one uh, was huge success. Uh, we got another one coming up. But we also each individually, all the team members need to raise some funds. And our goal is 2000 a person. So this is where I am asking for your help. Uh, if you'd like to uh, support us on this mission trip, we'll be going down to El Salvador, working with the local uh, Wesleyan churches, some of the stuff we'll be doing. Uh, we'll be doing a VBS for some children there. We'll have a medical clinic for the community. We're hoping to be able to do some uh, technology work and installation uh, for the churches there. Uh, wonderful mission opportunities, but they cost money. So if you uh, would like to support us financially, we will have a PayPal link. Uh, there's been one already on the social media. Uh, that one's about to expire. So we'll make another one too. We'll put it in the show notes for this episode and share it on social media again. Uh, and even if you are not in a position to give financially, do ask uh, first and foremost for prayer, prayer for financial provision here and prayer for the uh, trip itself, that it will really be an impactful time of ministry. So if you want to be part of the fact that God Yahweh is always saving. This is a great way to practically do that. By giving to this trip, um, you are participating and allowing Andrew and the others to be the hands and feet of God in this world as he continues to save. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our dad for being here. Uh, it was great having you. And thank you for sharing uh, your story about um, Jehovah Jireh and also about your dangerous uh, adventures in a truck with singing the song. <laughs> yes well thank you so much for being here um yeah so check out the link in the show notes for that giving link so you can participate um in what god is doing and as always thank you for listening and god bless apologetic simplified is a part of leah chapman ministry productions to learn more go to www.leahchapman.org and thanks for listening